Hello and welcome to another episode of A Need to Read. I've got another book review for you today. And as you can probably tell by the title, it is Not a Life Coach by James Smith. I want to make something very clear before I get into this episode, because um, a couple of my mates have messaged me since I've been reviewing James's book. They say, is it as good as I've said it is? Um, what I want everyone to know is that my relationship with James has no influence on what I say about his book. Um, if it was a shit book, I would tell you the parts that were shit. The whole point in this podcast is that I cannot be bought, I cannot be swayed, and... Uh, yeah, I just want to let you know that if I thought it was bad, I would let you know so. However, I didn't think it was bad at all. I actually thought it was fucking brilliant. I finished listening to the audiobook yesterday and I felt something I hadn't felt for a while, which was a real optimistic excitement for life. I felt like I'd been armed with the tools to go forward and being encouraged and enabled to live a life that I I want, to live the life that I want. I used to recommend Carol Dweck's mindset to people all the time when I talk about sorting out your mindset. But I think from this day forward, it will be Not A Life Coach by James Smith because it's everything you need and more and a lot of the things you didn't realise you'd need a lot of my current beliefs and thought patterns were reinforced by a lot of what James said so I may be biased because we have similar values whereas I do appreciate that not everyone has the same values as myself or a lot of my friends do that work online um but yeah I just want to let you know that I thought this book was great and we'll get into the review in just one moment a uh, quick word from the sponsor of the podcast, those that make it possible, those that mean I can pay my hosting fees and stuff like that. It's BetterHelp, betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read. We'll get you 10% off your first month of online therapy. 10% doesn't sound like a lot. I think even if I was just pointing people in the direction of BetterHelp, I'd be doing the right thing because therapy is such a contributor to doing the work getting to know yourself getting better if you are unwell mentally not like what people usually think of when they think of mentally unwell and what I mean is even just a slight dose of depression slight bit of anxiety it's not an ideal state and we'll never be in an ideal state but if you go to therapy you'll understand yourself when you're in those states you get to speak to someone completely unbiased to your life, completely taken out of it emotionally, who knows what they're talking about, who has dealt with whatever it is you've got hundreds of times. You can be put in contact with a therapist within 48 hours. So I don't need to tell you, that's shorter than you usually have to wait, isn't it? You get your chats via Zoom, telephone call, you can text them what you want to do in your future sessions. And if you don't like your therapist, guess what? You can change them for free. So, if it is time for you to take charge of your mental health and have a look at going to therapy, click at the link in the description or just type it in. It's www.betterhelp.com forward slash 
a need to read. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts today, please do subscribe, drop a review if you can. That'll be much appreciated. But let's get into it. Not a Life Coach by James Smith. I've been excited to bring you this episode for a while. James is a great author and I've been inspired a lot in my life by following him online and I'm glad that he's managed to put a lot of a lot of his brain into a book because I think he, he's a very interesting person. His views are very pragmatic, he's very polarizing. But you know what? He's fucking intelligent. And the stuff that he's put down, it can inspire you. Even the uninspired, this book will inspire. And at the start, he poses this question. Are we truly broken? Or do we simply need to rethink our perspective on elements of our lives that we've perceived incorrectly before? So you just got to reevaluate everything. That's what this book is about. There are so many different factors that James goes into. Wealth, priorities, anxiety, dating, your comfort zone, real life issues, confidence, fear of failure, fear of success. The book goes into so many different topics in just the right amount of depth. Uh, <laughs> well, pardon me for saying that. Um, anyone else that instantly thought of depth in the way that I thought of there, then sorry. But James goes in, in, right, in the right amount of detail in the chapters. Not so to bore you, not so to hammer you with anecdotal evidence, but he's just done his research. He knows what he's talking about. And I'm going to speak about a few of these chapters now, as I do with all book reviews. I'll let you know a couple of my favourites and where my brain went when I was reading them. So let's talk about wealth and what wealth means to you. Because me, as the podcast host, you as the listener, we could have two completely different definitions of wealth. You may think that money is wealth the typical term of like wealth management it's like hedge funds money management whereas to me wealth is being able to get up in the morning and go and do something fun that's where wealth is in the book he makes you have a look at where you're getting your idea of wealth from is it something you've come to the conclusion of yourself or are you just going via the societal norm there's a very interesting chapter and it really, really makes you think. For me, with this book, I took it really small chunks at a time because I, I'd i heard, I'd heard from close friends how good it was. So I wanted to make sure that I gave it my full attention. I didn't ever listen for over 20 minutes when I was listening on Audible because I wanted to make sure I was there to take notes, to think about it, to reflect on it. And I advise doing the same as well. It's got practical applications. He does give you tasks during the book. I don't know if that was in book one, but it was a nice addition in book two. So the chapter on wealth, interesting to say the least. Now priorities. Priorities in life are the weirdest thing because there are people that will say, oh, I haven't got time to read or I haven't got time to do this podcast or I haven't got time to do this. What James poses the question here is like, if someone put a gun to your head, you'd find the time, you'd prioritise yourself a bit quicker. Now, 
think about that. What are the things you want to be doing now that you're not doing because your priorities are fucked? It's very good to have an honest conversation with yourself every couple of weeks. Just like, right, what what am I prioritizing? What am I, what am I not prioritizing that needs doing? And it almost comes back to essentialism, um, the book by Greg McEwen, about if you don't prioritize your life, somebody else will. And it's so, so true. A lot of people, they're just stuck in the rat race, just living someone else's life. If you're working all these hours, you're doing overtime because you feel like an obligation to your boss, What? who are you missing out on time with? Are you missing out on time with friends, families, your dog, more importantly, your your cat, if you're one of them. Like, You've got to think about that when it comes to priorities. Where are you spending your time? Is it wisely? Is it serving you? Now, when it comes to priorities, let's prioritize learning a little bit here. Obviously, I'm going to push books onto people because that is apparently my life's purpose is to push books onto people. It's better than being a drug pusher, but this is this is what I do. And there's a quote in the book. It says, those who are willing to learn, willing to read and willing to study don't just think. They know that through a book, there's a chance they can become a slightly smarter version of themselves. Now, back to me talking, not James. Think about that. You're not going to read a book and instantly know everything that was in there. But there's going to be three or four, five, potentially six concepts that are going to stick in your head. And they're going to make you a smarter version of yourself. And that way, your priorities are serving you. Whether that's skipping out on your last 15 minutes of TikTok in the evening or watching EastEnders or something shit like that. Prioritise that time with reading because those that say they don't have time to read or don't have time to listen to a podcast are just using that as an excuse and are kind of just believing their own bullshit in a way. And you'll excuse my pragmatic approach here, but just stop believing your own bullshit there is a quote in the book and james says any limits in your mind are self-imposed you've created them you've believed them and you've allowed them to be barriers to your own success but they hold no weight and you could dismantle them as fast as you made them if you choose now i know telling yourself that you haven't got enough time isn't really going to be a limiting belief and that what I've just said there goes for a lot of the limiting beliefs of I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I can't do it. Almost as if you're going down like the victim mentality kind of side, which I, I'd imagine not many people listening to this podcast have because you're interested in books, you're trying to get yourself better, you're not leaving it in the hands of someone else to grow as a person. But it's 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 a very interesting concept. We make up these limits and we can really just get rid of them as quickly as we made them up if you choose to but it is the choosing that's the hard part and it's going to take practice so that's one thing that i'd mentioned there now also with priorities there's a really interesting part of this chapter that talks about retirement and people that live for retirement here's the thing about life and as cliche as it sounds you literally only live once love a cliche everyone knows that i love a cliche but why is everyone gambling their life on the fact that they'll make it to 65 and they'll retire then and that they'll be well enough and fit enough 
to do all the things that they want to do on their bucket list. I mean, my dad is early 60s. He's just going into retirement. He's been fortunate enough to have done quite a lot of the things that he wants to do in life because of his priorities. Like when we were younger, we didn't get the newest TV because the priority was go travel, go on holiday. There are many, 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 many people out there that will work, 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 work all their life, get super, super stressed, have a massive fuck off heart attack or a stroke because of the stress. Not a doctor. I don't know if that's what links them. I'm pretty sure a heart attack does. And then guess what? They can't do what's on their bucket list all because they just work too fucking hard. And I'm lazy. I'm a big advocate for people just not working as hard as they should. And when I say that I'm lazy, all, all I've done now is I've found a passion. So my working hard doesn't feel like it's working hard at all because it's something I enjoy. Um, so just a, a note on retirement is similar to what Tim Ferriss says in 4-Hour Workweek. Have a lot of mini retirements. Make sure you're not waiting and banking on getting old before you can do what you want to do. If I put a gun to your head and said, right, what's one thing you want to do before you die? You come up with it. When do you think you're going to do it? Probably when you retire. Probably at some point in the future. Think about it now. I'm stood there with my stupid blonde hair, my stupid moustache, and I say, look, I'm going to kill you. What's the one thing you want to do before you die? Think about that. Write that down. Make a plan of how on earth you're going to do it within the next few years. If not, as soon as COVID's over. Because nothing's guaranteed. And that's the end of my cliche Ed talk for the day. But... Talking about passion projects, there's a great part in James's book that talks about the why and talks about priorities, why people do things, um, sorry, not priorities, about the passions. And a passion is probably the most refreshing thing you can get, whether that's a hobby, whether that's something you want to turn into a job or a side hustle. A passion, so important. Not enough people give enough credit to like a passion project um fortunately a lot of people have been doing those over like lockdown and, and this year it's, it's brought out a lot of people they're creating art they're making podcasts about books people are doing all kinds of things i've started playing ukulele i'd have laughed at you if you told me um i was going to do that a few years ago but when it talks uh when he talks about passion in the book this is one of the main quotes that stood out to me saying if there's a feeling in your gut that you want to pursue a different career, then do it. You'd much rather a life of tripping, failing, hustling within that thing you're passionate about than the constant feeling that you're not doing that you'll want to be doing, even if it feels like the easier option. There's so many people just do stuff for the sake of it. You're just going to the same places, seeing the same people all the time. Not necessarily that it's a habitual thing, but it's just a case of it's easy it's not it's not easy to put yourself out there and go abroad and meet new people people look at it oh i'm so jealous i'm so jealous that's such an easy life go into a jiu-jitsu gym in another country when you've like only a year of training it's scary it's daunting going and approaching people in hostels it's daunting that's why you see people that have traveled they're all of similar sort of value so they kind of get on because they appreciate what it's like to get out of where they are and sometimes people feel attacked like when James or Darren or 
Siobhan or Sinead talk about traveling in this way, um, all of which have been on my podcast before, um, apart from Diran, but I've been on here, so shout out to the Diran Cartel Show, episode 18, Ed Cunningham, A Need to Read. So um, that's why people with these similar values, traveling, getting out there, getting out of the norm, following passion projects, doing things before you die, that's important. I've just waffled there. Really thought about going back and checking what I was saying, but I've gone off on the tangent and that's the way we're just going to ride it. Now, going back to the why, like I tried to start this uh, rant with, when you talk about the why, it's why you're doing things and not how you're doing it or what you're doing. It reminded me of Man's Search for Meaning, um, Viktor Frankl. I've spoken about that on the podcast before. And Viktor Frankl is a very stoic bloke, dead now, but he was alive in the Holocaust and he was in the concentration camps. Multiple, in fact. And he says, those who have a why can bear almost any how. Now, just relating back to the tripping and falling quote back there. If you have a passion project, you know why you're doing it, you have a strong reason for it, when stuff goes wrong... You know why you're doing it. You're clear on your goals. You, you've set out to do a particular task and you're ready to go. So what you need to do is find your why. It's difficult. Or when you think of a new project, think why are you doing it? I said why about four million times there, but we move. You get the picture. You know what you need to search for. And I'm going to leave that in your hands because I've got another four or five things that I want to touch on from this book now good friend Lucy Lord she contributed to the chapter on anxiety I was actually really impressed with James's um, take on anxiety as well um, it's not something I was aware James had dealt with in the past I've heard, I think I've heard him speak about it on podcasts but it was very interesting because a lot of people will judge James off his internet content for being brash and um, potentially insensitive. But it was it was nice to hear him talk about anxiety in a way that um, people can relate to. And for him to allow Lord to have a couple thousand words in the book is great um, because her contribution was fantastic. I know I've said James is a great author. Lord can write as well. I actually didn't really realize until I realized that I knew that she'd contributed to the book um, that it was her writing is very similar to James I think obviously with them being like best mates there's a strong influence between the two of them there but Lord talks about pre-meditatio malorum which is a stoic exercise of essentially thinking what if it all goes wrong and if you think of the worst case scenario, like really shut your eyes, think of what you want it is to do, what you want to do, and think what is the worst thing that can happen here. When you've got that image in your mind, think of how you could combat that. Think of what you would do next, what would be the next option. And then if something does go wrong, you're pretty much guaranteed that it's not going to be the worst case scenario. So you can just be grateful that it's not the worst case scenario. And if it is, by the slim chance that it goes wrong and that it is the worst case scenario, 
you're prepared for it. I actually did this um, on... Okay, sorry. I allegedly did this. Could have potentially made this anecdote up on Magic Mushrooms earlier this year. And it got to a point where I was thinking maybe this isn't going the way that I thought it was going to do. And I thought, actually, shut your eyes. Think about what's the worst thing that could happen. And what is the worst thing that could happen? And I could see a few things that aren't there. I know they're not real. And then surrendering to the experience, which you should do in life in general, is just surrender to life and let it happen as it happens. I didn't feel bad anymore. The anxiety was gone. And then I had a great time. Allegedly, um, of course. But another thing that Lucy likes to say quite often is, what if it all goes right? It's not something we pay enough thought to, ever. We don't give that thought enough time. What if it does all go right? It's like in Coach Carter, the quote uh, from, I can't remember his name, but he goes, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure blah, 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 for the rest of the quote. But that is so true. I think we are afraid of success. And we we balance it out to say that we're, we're afraid of fe- failure, but I think what we do is we just stay in this happy medium. And what James's book will do is give you the mindset to just be like, you know what, I'm actually going to do something good. Because there'll be people listening to this that from when they were a child have thought they were destined for something more. You might be one of them and you might not and it's okay if you're not. But for those that were those people that truly believe that they're destined for something more you probably are. But what's going to get you there is taking risks. There's a big part of the book about taking risks and your comfort zone. So James loves space. He spoke about space and physics in this chapter, which is quite interesting. It's such a varied book. But we're talking about the comfort zone. And the comfort zone, people are afraid to start something because people might not like it. Um, So they stay within their comfort zone. And here's one thing that I took from the book is that the comfort zone, it doesn't fucking exist. It's not physical. You can't touch it. It manifests itself in you giving yourself resistance to doing things that you know you probably should do. Now, think about the company Marmite. They don't give a fuck who hates their product. Their whole marketing strategy is based on the fact that half of the population of the world are going to hate it. Why can't you do that? I know there's loads of people that won't like this podcast. There's loads of people that will think a podcast is boring. A podcast about books in particular is boring. And that is absolutely fine. Because you will never, ever, ever be able to be to please everyone. Which is a strong point. My sister says you couldn't give one second of time to everyone on the planet before you die. So, shout out to my sister for that one. She won't be listening. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. People pay way too much attention to what other people think. And James goes into that in the book. And it is very, very interesting. A very interesting point as well 
is he says not to take advice from your parents. Now, before you panic, I've already said this to my mum. She didn't really like that one. But she wouldn't because <laughs> obviously it's going against her. She's my mum. But not taking advice from your parents. The logic behind it is that they are raised at a completely different time. They don't know the world that you live in. They may be able to use an iPhone with their index finger with their glasses on. <laughs> no offence, mum. They might be able to work a TV. But they're born in a different time. Social values, it's all it's all uh, different nowadays. Like uh, my mum said to my sister <laughs> the other day, oh, why don't you try the Guardian dating app? Um, if you ever want to feel out of touch, probably use the Guardian dating app. My sister, um, we had a good laugh at that one. So there would be a, a prime example of why you shouldn't go to your parents for advice, especially not on modern day dating. Um, luckily, I don't get my tips from my mum for that, um, which is good. Now, the, uh, the there is actually a chapter on dating in the book, which is very, very interesting. James's take on dating is quite unique and it's a good one. I've tried it myself. He talked about having sus dates, which is where you meet up with someone for about 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, and you just suss them out. He says that we're no better than dogs. All we want to do is sniff bums, essentially. I mean, some of us might want to sniff bums and, like, really sniff bums. And, I mean, look, you're into what you're into. But this is a metaphor here. You're meeting up, you're sniffing the bum, you're seeing if you like them, you're seeing if you can handle them for maybe an hour or two. Because there's no point going out and spending loads and loads of money trying to impress someone that you might not even like or getting drunk and then regretting it the next day or getting drunk and being a fake person on a date. I've got on with loads of people on dates before because we've both been pissed. When you're sober, don't get on with them at all. So that was an interesting chapter. I'm almost at half an hour. I don't want to push beyond half an hour for a book review. But um, I'll talk about two of my favourite chapters one being the last chapter which I'll come to in a moment and two being a chapter that was all about jiu-jitsu and trying new things and martial arts and humbling yourself so a white belt mentality in jiu-jitsu there are five belts white, blue, purple, brown, black it takes you about ten years to get to black belt if you train at a consistent level every week and I'm talking like four or five times a week every week for ten years I am a white belt with three stripes and I have been training now since February 2019. Have I? Or was that made up? No, that's the truth. I've been training since February 2019. And you know what? I love being a white belt. As much as I hate it and I feel like I'm the lowest in the class a lot of the time, I'm getting there to the blue belt. And the best thing about it is I get to soak in so much information that helps me improve every session. Uh, James talks about this a lot in the book because he's a fellow jiu-jitsu practitioner. Although me and James have, have trained before and uh, I just want to have a little subtle flex that he said that I was all right, which is good. And he said that I was strong and strong. Just for anyone that uh, does jiu-jitsu, you know that's probably the worst uh, compliment you can get because it's someone basically saying, oh, your technique's pretty shit, but you're you're strong. So um, 
James, if you're listening, next time we're in Bali together, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for your ankles. But talking about jiu-jitsu, talking about starting new things, starting from the bottom, that white belt mentality. As a white belt, you're willing to learn all the time. You're willing to start from the bottom. You're willing to get beaten up for the sake of getting better. And that can transfer into real life. And think since I've started jiu-jitsu, I can think of so many different things that I've tried out, some certain things that I've failed, certain things that pff, I've just I've done for a couple of times just to see if I like it that I never would have done before. Like I do Sudoku in the morning now. I play ukulele, ukulele. There's loads to be said for trying something new and trying to find a hobby and something that's skill-based that you can get better at. Um, so if you're at all interested in jiu-jitsu and you want to know a little bit more about it, um, along with everything else that I've said so far on this podcast, then read this book. There are a few chapters that I'm going to have to read out just because of time here, but I can't stress enough how good this book is. And if you read it, you'll have a changed mindset you can potentially be a brand new person by the end of 200, 300 pages and for the sake of a tenor, which blows my mind still. I still can't get over the fact that reading is so accessible to everyone and it can have such a profound impact on people's lives, especially a book like this where it's not solely, oh, his mindset. You need to be able to be starting from the bottom, blah, 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 blah. He's attacked so many different angles. It's varied. He even talks about how he shagged over 100 women in his life and how that it meant nothing when he reached that point and he was treating it as a game and that was the wrong thing to do this it's just so varied and the last chapter of the book was insane it was like i was listening to a highlight reel of everything i ever needed to hear i wanted to pause it every minute just to think about what was being said and unfortunately i couldn't do that and i've, I've listened to it twice now and I'm just going to pull my favourite bit from that. It was 11 minutes, the final chapter. And he's talking to you, the reader, the listener, whoever's consuming the book. And he says, your future self won't be the fucking hero they're going to be without the mistakes that are coming. So look forward to and cherish each and every one and ride them out when they come. You can do so much more than you think you can if you read this book once or twice i'd recommend twice read it once and then read it again six months later see where you're at because i like i said honestly i kind of wish i didn't know james at this point so i could say what i'm about to say without without sounding like I'm just trying to gas up a mate or someone that I know. But it's such a good fucking book. People that don't read, you can read it. It's not hard to read. There's tasks in it. It's accessible. It's not It's not expensive. He's not flexing his vocabulary. He's not, he doesn't claim to be some intelligent doctor that is trying to push one way of life on you. He's just trying to open your mind and... The best thing 
you can have in life is an open mind because that way you'll be open to new experiences and new concepts, new ideas. I feel like I'm almost a little bit drained. I've just been talking there for 30 minutes about a book and I absolutely loved it. I've loved every second of talking about it. Buy this for someone that needs a new mindset for Christmas. I know I've said that about Jay Morton's book as well. Um, Get them both. What a treat. You literally just changed someone's life. Two good books. Think about those in your life that are playing the victim at the moment. Think about those that want to start something but are just being a bit too pussy, are holding themselves back. Think about yourself. Do you have a growth mindset? Are you willing to get better? Do you want to read to make sure that you can be a little bit smarter? If you don't, it's your prerogative. If you've taken enough from this podcast, then fair enough. But honestly, half an hour of me talking about it is nothing in comparison to six and a half hours of listening to the whole thing. And if you do end up buying it or listening to it or reading it, all the same thing, take notes, journal, see how you're feeling along the go on along the way and then look back in six months time if you haven't progressed message me because i'll be very very surprised and i'd actually be really keen to know why and i will help you get some other books that will point you in the right direction um personally so that's it from me my stoic thought of the week it was already hidden in there it was about thinking about what's the worst thing that could happen what lucy lord said in the book and that was the latin phrase premeditatio malorium essentially what if it all goes wrong think about it combat it in your head and then also think on a less stoic note what if it all goes right because sometimes it does and i can't believe that i'm sat here recording this in my bed in another country getting some vitamin d in the morning and being able to train jiu-jitsu and stuff because honestly i've been such an anxious anxious person i didn't even want to think about bali for months and months and months i'd book it i booked it it went wrong it didn't open and then i booked it again and i didn't think about it people would ask me about it and i'd shy away from the conversation because i i just didn't want to even think about it going wrong and um, here I am. I don't really know if that has much of a point, but I just, without sounding like one of them knobhead gurus, like sometimes stuff does go right. And I've been depressed for ages. I've been anxious for ages. And through reading, I've managed to kind of get out of that. And I don't want to jinx it and say that I'm out of it now because I know it will come back at some point. But if you're if you're feeling slightly on the edge with this lockdown and stuff slightly anxious for the future you don't know what's to come reading's going to be your way out of it spending hours and hours and hours on your phone spending hours and hours and hours on the internet or watching netflix or other such shitty streaming services <laughs> you're not going to get anywhere i'll do an episode soon on uh all books that are good for your mind but for now that's been it the link for the book will be in the description if you want it. If you do, 
I'll get like 10p if you buy it through that link, which would be great. Much appreciated. Get me a coffee. And if you don't want it, then thank you for listening anyway. I really loved recording this episode. I did actually start recording and recorded up to 20 minutes. Hated it. I had that self-doubt. And I convinced myself that it wasn't going to be good enough and that I wasn't good enough to talk about the book. And weirdly, I managed to dismantle that limiting belief just as quickly as I created it over a little bit of a snack and and a chill out and, and I journaled a bit. So you've just got to be willing to do the work. I'm waffling now. I really appreciate the fact that you've listened. Instagram is at a need to read with the number two and not the word. Books in the description. Better help the sponsors in the description. If you want to email me, please do. It is a need to read dot podcast at gmail.com. And I will be back soon with what is going to potentially be a really controversial guest episode. Um, so I'm hopefully not going to lose you as a listener, but um, could potentially happen. Depends how much you like me. So take it easy, everyone. Love you. Bye.